Hey everyone, welcome back to the Literacy-Based Speech Therapy Podcast. My name is Caitlin. And my name is Ashley. We're both licensed speech-language pathologists. If you have a love of picture books and want fresh ideas for using them in your therapy sessions, then you're in the right place. Today is a how-to episode, and we're going to be discussing evidence-based practices for vocabulary instruction. So what does the research say about vocabulary? How do we select words to teach? What are ineffective practices for teaching vocabulary? And then we're going to give you some main takeaways and some book recommendations. Vocabulary is the single best indicator of intellectual ability and an accurate predictor of success at school. It is that important. Study after study has shown that vocabulary is the number one factor when it comes to comprehension. But Vocabulary is more than just the ability to provide a definition for a word. You need to be able to connect it to context. Yes. So if you are familiar with Scarborough's reading rope, the first two skills listed in the language comprehension side are background knowledge and vocabulary, two closely related concepts that are tied together. There's like a reciprocal loop between oral language skills that background knowledge and vocabulary. So if we improve oral language skills, that facilitates a better understanding and use of vocabulary. So while we expand vocabulary, it also enhances the oral language proficiency. We've discussed reading comprehension before and just how like, you know, lifting the words off the page isn't really reading. If you can decode a word If you don't have that word in your mental lexicon already, meaning like if you don't have that oral language to attach the word to. Yeah. Did you really even read it? Exactly. Like oral language is that underlying foundational piece to reading. So when we look at vocabulary, we need to be aware of breadth and depth of words. So vocabulary breadth is how many words the person knows and then vocabulary depth is how well or how deep a person knows a word. So a deep vocabulary requires making a bunch of connections between words and concepts. So think of semantic relationships and tying them all together in a given context. We gain vocabulary depth by fitting new words into our existing semantic networks and remapping as we go. I listened to another podcast recently that featured Dr. Sonia Cable, and she's really great with vocabulary. And she gave this great visual of a spider web. So having a loose spider web, if you don't have a lot of vocabulary words versus a really tight spider web. So kids who have a lot of vocabulary words in their lexicon. So if you have a tight connection of connected ideas, you're going to hatch new knowledge easier. The more words you have, it's like a, you know, it's like a loop. The more words you have, the easier it is to make new connections. When you add new knowledge, like if you read a new book, you're going to gain new words. If you have a loose web, those words might go through the web. So you're not going to be connecting them as much. So the goal of vocabulary teaching should be to develop the network of words and their relationships to each other. So the more books, the more words that we're providing to kids is going to not only broaden their spider web, so to speak, but it's also going to make it thicker and tighter. And that's the goal. 
I think one of the biggest struggles is what words do we teach? And then what's the best way to teach? You know, how do we cram all these words into their little brains? You know, how do we, how do we teach them? How do we pick out those words? Yeah, and one of the strongest findings about vocabulary instruction is that multiple encounters are required before a word is really known. So they need to learn words in context, not standalone lists that come and go each week or something you downloaded from a Google search of a second grade vocabulary word list. Right. So gone are the days of how, like probably you and I learned vocabulary. I remember looking up and writing out definitions. That's That's how we were taught in school is here's your vocabulary words. Go look up the definitions. Yeah. So random lists of words are not effective or evidence-based. Using words from context and picture books are the best source for this. Providing explicit information about word meanings and then having robust interaction with those words is where we want to be. So pre-teaching a long list of words is also no longer a recommended practice. The primary consideration for pre-teaching vocabulary should be which words need to be clarified for students so that those words don't get in the way of comprehension. So if you have two to five words maybe that you need to discuss prior to reading, that's fine. But you don't need to go through a whole list of 10 words prior to reading aloud. If too many words are presented without being contextualized, they may appear to be just a random set of words. And I have 100% made that mistake. So I've always known pre-teaching vocabulary is something we need to do, but I have definitely made the mistake years ago of just like, here's like 10 words you're going to see in this story and we need to discuss them before we read the book. And that's, it's really not recommended practice because they're just going to, those words are going to become all jumbled up. And so really just, you know, when we look at the kinds of words that need instructional attention, let's think of also the words in three tiers. So we have tier one words, tier two words, and tier three words. So tier one words are very basic, everyday, your high frequency word. Tier two words are the sort of like the sophisticated words you really don't hear every day. They're high utility, mature language users, and they're found across a wide variety of domains. These are the words that students are less likely to learn independently, but yet like they have a powerful impact on their verbal functioning and reading comprehension. Tier two words is is where it's at. Now, tier three words, we also like teaching these. These are content words that are used primarily like in one discipline, like words you would come across in a science textbook, so to speak. So to get the biggest bang for your buck, focus on those tier two words. We often pull out and list the tier two words in our book companions and then our narrative notes. We try to provide all of those. You know, like if you've purchased one of those two resources in my TPT store, we always give you the tier two words for every book. If you're looking through a book, here are the tier two characteristics. A word that is not high frequency that kids are going to meet every day. A word that kids are going to meet in a lot of different texts and then that will help guide you. So the bottom line is like your mileage. Are kids going to get a lot of use out of these tier two words because they're going to meet them in text and they don't hear it every day? Tier three words, these are the domain-specific words, like I was saying, or like photosynthesis or homeostasis that make up those specialized academic vocabulary. 
This is where morphology work comes into play. Using like Greek and Latin roots and affixes, these will get you a long way. So just, you don't want to necessarily do morphology work on tier two words. So what does a therapy session look like? How do we put this into practice? Vocabulary instruction always begins with reading the story. When you come to one of the tier two words, you provide a quick student-friendly explanation of the word and then continue reading the story. The brief pause is not meant to disrupt the flow of the story, so keep on going. After the story, we can focus on deep vocabulary development through additional context. So explicit instruction, writing activities, and rich discussions of the words. So we want to engage in rich conversations with our students. I'm thinking about the language that I'm using with them all the time. This even occurs to and from my therapy sessions. So we know one time I picked up a kid from PE class and I said, hey, was that strenuous or was it easy? And he kind of looked at me for a minute. It's like I could see this little light bulb going off in his head. And he was like all big time. He's like, yeah, that wasn't very strenuous at all, Mr. Rossi. And it was so great. But you know what? I was like, I just built a vocabulary word in his head. You know, so you always want to have those rich conversations with your students. And vocabulary is an easy thing to integrate into those conversations with your students. So we also want to encourage parents to provide enriching experiences. We learn from our experiences, so we must provide our children with experiences when possible. So museum visits, factory tours, trips to the aquarium or zoo, virtual field trips allow students opportunities to experience places and cultures too. Additionally, like educational television programs and video content build vocabulary and background knowledge by providing visuals of everything from animals to ancient creations and insight into historical events, so like how it's made, or National Geographic Channel, or I'm sure a lot of you know, like Blippi. Yeah, my kids used to watch How It's Made all the time. It's great. You're giving kids that background knowledge. And I think it's so important when they have background knowledge, they can then focus on vocabulary or you know the plot of a story. I saw a discussion actually the other day in a Facebook group about a teacher. I think she was a third grade teacher. She was reading Charlotte's Web to her students and she's already a couple of chapters into it. And she's like, you know what? I think I need to back up and show them maybe some videos about what's a farm? Because a lot of these kids may have never been to a farm and they can't picture what this story is about. So giving your kids background knowledge is going to also help play into vocabulary. So we wanted to also just share kind of a list of books that we love for picking out exceptional vocabulary. The Karma Wilson Bear Books. These are very simple books, but you guys, the words in these books are so phenomenal. The Kate Mesner Over and Under series, we've mentioned this a lot on the podcast. We love this series of books. You're going to get a mix of tier two and tier three words in this series. The Katie Hudson books are great for vocabulary. The William Steig books, that's you know one of our favorite authors from Dr. DeSoto. And nonfiction texts, National Geographic, great text for tier two and tier three vocabulary words. And then books that build background content knowledge, also the National Geographic books, any biographies, kids love reading biographies. And then like the Who Was, Who Is book series, those are also kind of biographical. 
the Magic Treehouse books. If you have some first and second graders, this is where my own kids started reading chapter books. And I was really impressed with the experiences and the places that these characters would go. And they built, you know, a lot of background knowledge about ancient Egypt and the Arctic and the North Pole and different experience places. And then the I Survived book series. These are short chapter books that are, you know, based on historical events, but they're fictional actual stories. But they're, again, another series to build background content knowledge. So to wrap it up, vocabulary should be taught in context and should provide students with multiple exposures and opportunities to interact with the word, its meaning, and usage. Here are the main takeaways for robust vocabulary instruction. Focus on tier two words. Don't teach standalone definitions. Make sure they are in context. Only select a few words when pre-teaching vocabulary. Multiple and varied exposures are needed. Teach words with themes and taxonomies. Morphology, including Latin roots and affixes, will help with English language learners and tier three words. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We know you're a busy SLP, so thanks for spending some of your time with us today. Click the description for this episode on your listening app or go to sweetsouthernspeech.com to access the show notes. We will include any links mentioned. And to continue the conversation, come hang out with us on Instagram at Literacy Based Speech Therapy, where we share lots of books to use in your therapy sessions. We would love to hear your thoughts on what you heard today. Please leave us a review on your listening app. We'll catch you in the next episode.